When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Football Social Daily, the Premier League podcast. Hello, I'm Niall. Welcome to Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast. In a few weeks' time, the Premier League will be back. And along with it, so will Burnley. After dominating the championship last season, the Clarets return to the top flight after only a short spell away. Vincent Company has already committed his future to Burnley this summer, but do more deals need to be done or are they already suitably equipped at Turf Moor to stay clear of the relegation zone next season? Well, the best way to figure out what's going on is to speak to a fan and I'm pleased to say that we've got one joining us on FSD today. It's Joe from the Turfcast podcast. How are you doing, Joe? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. We were just talking before we started recording that like we're firmly in cricket mode at the moment, like trying yeah. to follow the ashes and then trying yeah. to keep on top of all the transfer news and all of the football news as well can be quite difficult. But how have you seen the summer for Burnley so far? It's been a little bit quiet up until now, but literally as you are talking to me today, that there is liftoff. We've got two, uh, two people in for medicals today. Um, we had two people in for medicals last week actually as well, which was James Trafford and Cooley Valley. None of them have been announced. Cooley Valley is off uh, because there was an issue in the medical. Uh, but if you ask his agent, there wasn't an issue in the medical. Um, and it, and it, it was the two clubs they couldn't agree anymore. But um, hopefully the medicals go well today. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a little bit slow. Like we've signed a third choice goalkeeper and probably a second choice centre back. But yeah, we need to bring bodies in. But yeah, it's looking like lift off is happening this week. Obviously, Vincent Company at the start of the summer said, I'm staying at Burnley. Tottenham were without a manager at the time. A few other clubs sniffing around him potentially. How pleasing was that to see Vincent Company say, No, I've got a project here at Turf Moor. I'm staying. Yeah, massive. Like we're under no illusions. We are where we are. Because of him, we've signed the players that we've signed um, over the last um, season. Because of him, um, that obviously we, we managed to bring in the likes of Max O'Connor um, and Valt Vegost under the new ownership uh, and Nathan Collins before company came in. So I do feel like the new ownership has a bit of a pull as well, and is better in the transfer market than the uh, transfer market. Sorry, than the old uh, old ownership. Um, but all these young Belgian lads, you know, people like that, and these, and these lads coming in from City, they're, they're not going to come uh, to, to sign for a Sean Dyche side, for example. Like, no disrespect to Sean, obviously, I love, I love the guy and what he did for us. But company has been massive in bringing these type of players in. And, he, and even, the, even the lads I've just been saying that are, are coming in for the medicals today. Um, Amdune, Zaki Amdune, he, he's, he's one of the lads. I, I apologies if I butchered that name, I'm pretty certain I have. 
Oh, it's a Burnley accent. I butcher most names. You know, he's not going to come in if it's if it's not for Vincent Company. And and he's he said as well, or, or should I say that the local journalists over over in uh, Switzerland and Belgium have said that yeah, Company's played a massive role. Um, apparently, they're on the phone speaking, and uh, and he decided they were going to come in because of that. So yeah, Vincent Company staying was massive for us, and I think this season hinges a lot on how how long we can keep him. How impressive and how much of a change was the style of football from Sean Dyche to Vincent Company? Because obviously we're a Premier League show and although a lot of our listeners do keep an eye on the championship, many of them won't have seen just how good Burnley were last season. So just tell us about how much of a switch it was from what you were used to for over a decade under Sean Dyche to this first season under Company, which was just a revelation. Oh, massive. Like, like, again, there's no right and wrong way to play football. And I don't really like criticising the old Sean Dash way of playing football because for six out of the seven you know, years of the Premier League, it got results. Um, but yeah, I remember that first game at Huddersfield. It was Friday night. It was July because the season started a bit earlier. Obviously, if you remember, because of the World Cup, it were roasting. And we were playing this free-flowing, attacking football with inverted fullbacks. And the Burnley fans were just like, what is going on? I don't understand what's going on. What, what's he doing there? Because Cullen were dropping in from defensive mid into centre-back and we were like trying to work out what were happening. Um but yeah, the difference is is massive. Like we we, we no, we're not going to come into up into the Premier League and just sit back like we used to. We're not going to just kick the ball long like we used to. We're going to attack teams and we're going to go for them. Does that then lead you to think that you've got a better chance of staying up this time than maybe you did when you went down a couple of years ago? Because naturally, when a team comes up from the Championship, no matter how well they've done in the league below. Everyone always says, well, their first ambition is surely to stay in the Premier League. Yeah, I was actually chatting to an Everton fan last night and, and you know, like how these things go around. It's like your predictions for the Premier League, who's going to win it? Who's going to finish rock bottom? Who's going to be the surprise package? And they were like, Burnley rock bottom. I'm like, there's no chance we're going to finish rock bottom. He's like, well, I've not seen much of you, to be fair. He's like, well, no, people never do. But like, again, no disrespect to, to, to Sheffield United or Luton, but we finished, I think it was 21 points ahead of Luton last season. Like, what have they got that we haven't for somebody to say that we're going to finish rock bottom compared to them? And look at Sheffield United, they're in dire straits. They're not really bringing anyone in. They're losing all the best players. Um, but yeah, I, I think we'll surprise a few people next year. Um, I've done a few bits for, for, for some socials um, on the channel. And, I, and I've been saying like, yeah, we'll surprise people. If people think we're just going to come up into the Premier League to sit back and, and get battered every week, this might look a bit silly after the first game against Man City because we will get battered against them. But other than that, um, yeah, we're going to surprise a few people. I'm, obviously, the first ambition is to stay up. Definitely. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's definitely the first ambition is to stay up. Um, but I think we stay up and I don't think we're even in the battle, if I'm honest with you. I think we might... I, I, I generally think the season will start slowly because of the running we've got. I say running, the start of the season that we've got. I think it's Man City away. Uh, sorry, at home. Then it was supposed to be looting away. There were the potential three points. Um but then it's Villa at home and Spurs at home. So we could easily like be going into like an international break bottom on zero points and everyone will be going, oh, Burnley rubbish are going down. But we'll come into it and we'll pull away. We've got a good squad. We've got a very good manager. Um, like you said, we dominated the championship that season. Uh, and uh, I saw a stat yesterday. Apologies if this is wrong. It was just on Twitter by a random, so it could be wrong. But um, I think every time somebody has got over 100 points in the championship, they've not finished below 14th in the Premier League the following season. So I'm expecting Burnley, and I've said it before I heard that stat, anywhere between 11th and 14th. But I do think it'll be a slow start. But yeah, get to 40 points. Hopefully you were in 40 points by end of March, early April, and then kick on from there.
You said before that Burnley might surprise a few people this upcoming season. What did surprise a lot of people was when Valt Weghorst went on loan to Manchester United and became their central striker. Obviously, he's a Burnley player and it looks like he's going to stay at Turf Moor. At least that's how things look right now, three weeks out from the start of the season. What's your take on that? Because I heard you mention before that the Veghorst situation is one that divides the fan base a bit. Yeah, it does. Uh, I'm not really sure why it divides the fan base so much. I, it's weird. Like it's a, it's a tough situation. Like he he clearly didn't want to play in the championship. That's fair enough. There's a lot of people have said, oh well, there was an unwritten rule between Alan Pearce, the chairman, and Veghorst when he came in that if we got relegated, we, we'd let him go. Uh, I, I've never heard Alan or or Vout say that, so there's no confirmation of that whatsoever. Um, what I do probably understand from the club's point of view is letting him go on loan because he is one of the higher earners. Um, so if that was the case, when they came out and did the interviews about him leaving, just say that. Um, but because because he were, he were tweeting, uh, saying stuff in interviews at Besiktas, saying like, I didn't want to stay in England, I didn't want to play in the Championship. And, and then when he was at Man United, he was saying, I want to stay here and stuff like that. Like A lot of fans, it's left a bit of a bit of taste in a lot of fans' mouths. And the way he left as well, as soon as he got relegated, he's like, right, I'm off. But again, there's obviously the flip side to it, apparently. Um, the um, Van Gaal, the Dutch manager, was saying to him, like, look, you can't play in the World Cup if you're in the Championship. But then I, my argument to that is, how much better is the Turkish league, which is obviously where he ended up, than the Championship? In my opinion, the Championship's a better league. Yes, he's playing top-flight football, but it's like two or three teams in Turkey and the rest are pretty average. Championship's a competitive league. And and, and he, he would have done very well in the Championship, I feel, in our system. So I, I feel like his stock would have risen a lot more than what, what it has. I think, if anything, his stock's gone down for his time at Manchester United. Um but yeah, but he actually did all right at the World Cup, weirdly enough. Like he started off slow, but then he got the two goals against Argentina, didn't, didn't he? And obviously Ten Hag were watching that because he's Dutch and he's obviously thinking, let's get him in, let's sign him. Um, he doesn't do very well at Man United. I think he scored zero Premier League goals, got one in the Europa League and one in the Cup against Forest, if I remember rightly. Um, showed a lot of passion though, did a lot of screaming, did a lot mm. of running. So, you know, it shows that he cares for that shirt. Uh, and to be fair, when he was at Burnley, you know, you can't really fault his effort really. Um, it was just really his quality, but it is a different side now. We are a different side. Um, I do think that he will suit the system, but he's not going to be a goal-scoring striker. He's going to be the dropping deep, sort of like, kind of like a number 10 Robert, not really number 10, but probably in the similar role to what Ashley Barnes was doing last season. And I think he will do all right in that role. Um, I don't know. I, I just think now that, I think there's a lot of water under the bridge, if I'm honest. I think some fans will always be like waiting for a mistake or... Like I said, he's not a goal-scoring striker, so he's probably going to go like four, five, six, seven, eight games without scoring a goal if he stays because his role will be dropping deep and then fans will get on his back, which is obviously counterproductive. Uh, and my other argument, like again, sorry for the long answer, but like I said, it, it, it's a, a big talking subject, is it, it doesn't look like he gets on with the squad. Like Obviously, as soon as he left Burnley, Wales played Netherlands in the Nations League game and he scored a couple of goals or a goal against Wales and obviously Conor Roberts, who also plays for Burnley, place for Wales and he ran up to him at the end of the match and you could see it clearly on the TV cameras like where were that for Burnley last season and Begos turns around and goes this is not about Burnley like you don't do that if you get on with the squad so obviously Connor in that moment felt that you know that the effort wasn't there from Val Begos last season or like he was disappointed that he jumped ship as soon as we got relegated like Connor stayed um, and, and he gave his all for the shirt after the World Cup, like, I think before the World Cup, there was probably a little thing in his mind, but he stayed, you know, and then he had a fantastic season in the end. So, I don't know, I, I personally feel there's too much water under the bridge for Vegos. And I, I just think we, we could do with a better striker as well. Um, 
But like I said, we, we might be bringing in this Swiss lad um, called Zaki Amdune. Uh, again, apologies if I butchered that. So it might work well, Vegos dropping deep, supplying uh, this new lad. And then you've got uh, Benson and Zorora. And fingers crossed, Teller comes back um, on the wings uh, coming in. So that front four or five might work pretty well, actually. Well, you mentioned signings there and obviously you're linked with this striker from from Basel. But uh, Nathan Redmond is also being linked. He's an attacking player. I think Michael Oberfemi is also signed for the club. Yeah. Ashley Barnes is gone. Someone you mentioned uh, a second ago, obviously a great servant to Burnley over the years. Are you confident that you've got enough at the top end of the pitch to score goals in the Premier League? It's, it's difficult. I think we need signings. Like, like I said, this Zaki lad, Zaki, I'm doing it. I'm glad he's coming in because we need signings. Like I said, I don't think Fegos is a goal-scoring striker. Barnes, love him. Absolutely love the guy. Good to see him go, but understand why he's gone. He's not, he weren't good enough for the Premier League last time. Uh, barely good enough for the Championship, to be honest. He had a poor start, but then he got the goals against Blackburn. Thank you for that, Ashley. Um, and, and then he kicked <laughs> on from there. Um we have got decent firepower on the wings, um, but I just feel like we are a bit weaker up top at the minute because 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 we've lost Teller. It was a player of the season last season, got the most goal contributions, scored the most goals. Uh, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, we can do better than Teller." Like, can we? Like, he, he did so well last season, and plus, he's my five-year-old's favourite player, so I can't break his heart and tell him that he's left forever. He needs to come <laughs> back. He's even got a sticker of him on on his bed frame. Um, so we, we need we need Teller, but I, I just feel at the minute we are a little bit weaker. Um, Zaki, I'm doing it. He will he will um, bolster that a bit, but um, I'll be honest, I don't know too much about him. Um, he, he did quite well in the Swiss League according to his stats last season, but um, yeah, I, I do feel at the minute we are la- lacking a bit of goals. Nathan Redmond coming in, uh, not my cousin, uh, we just shared the last name. Um, he, he, he will add a bit of depth more than anything. I don't think he's going to be a starter. Um, probably play about like, 15, 20 games and all that sort of thing with a lot of appearances off the bench. Um, I don't know, Andros Townsend is potentially coming in, been training with the club. I know he's more of a full-back, um, but he can get forward and score some worldies as well. But again, he's, he's more for depth. So I think we need more signings coming in. But like I said, it is pretty much lift off at turf this week. So yeah, fingers crossed we can get some confirmed through the door because there's a lot of a lot of medicals happening, a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes, but not too many people being confirmed just yet. Yeah, and to be fair, there is still ages until the end of the transfer window, but I guess most clubs yeah. and most supporters want the business done before the season starts to give yourself the best opportunity, yeah. particularly with the games that you've got in that opening run, as you said. Final one from me then, Joe. How important is the turf going to be next season? We know that as a venue, it's not the favourite place for a lot of clubs to go and play. Sean Dyche made that pretty clear to his players when he was the manager. I'm sure that was a similar situation last season in the Championship. Just how much of a role is that going to play next season? Yeah, massive. Uh, the atmosphere last season at the Turf was class. Like uh, it, it's, it was quite poor in the last few years of the Prem. But again, I just feel like it's because we, you know, we're watching the same style of football, the same players. We weren't buying anybody, we weren't selling anybody. I just think eventually everyone's got a bit fed up with it. Uh, and then obviously the last couple of seasons were pretty terrible. Um, so that never helps really. Um, but the atmosphere were really good last season at the turf. I'm expecting it to be good again uh, this season, especially that opening night against City. Fingers crossed we're not 1-0 down after about 45 seconds like we usually are against Man City and that can kind of ruin it. But um, yeah, it, it's massive. The atmosphere will, will play a role. We need to get behind the club as fans. No whinging about Vegost or anybody. Or, or you know, Lyle Foster got some stick last season. Uh, he's another striker that we've got. Didn't really hit the ground running as a lot of people would have hoped. But um, yeah, if the fans get behind the players, it could be an intimidating place because it's so close. It gets on top of you. Um, 
But yeah, I think a lot of it under Dice was like, right, the crowd's close, make them loud and then get stuck in, throw some throw some elbows about. But there won't be too much of that this season. Um, so yeah, we need to, as fans, we need to step up and try and recreate some of the atmospheres that we had last season. I know I've already mentioned it already, but the home game against Blackburn was fantastic. Uh, the home game against Preston as well. Um, obviously, the two local derbies uh, against Blackpool as well. I know, I know we ended up throwing that one away in the end, but... Um, yeah, we need to recreate some of the atmospheres from last season, and not hopefully, and hopefully not fall back into the same trap we did as fans from from the last few Premier League seasons. All right, nice one, Joe. Joe's part of Turfcast, the Burnley podcast, which is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts, and also some quite exciting news, Joe, because a bit of a merger with Burnley Monday L. So tell us about that. Yeah, well, I've, I've been doing this for a few years now, um, since about 2018. And Nathan from Burnley Mundial started um, recent, more recently, about 2020, I think it was, 2021. Apologies, Nathan, if I've got that wrong. Um, and, and he was doing some good work, and I was listening to his podcast, watching his stuff. And I, and we, we know each other. Like, he literally lives around the corner from me. Um, and he just messaged me one day, and it's like, it's kind of pointless as both doing the same thing. Because like, I was putting out the same tweets as him, you know, responding to news. Then there were like crossovers on podcasts and stuff like that. So we're like, we might as well just do it together. So yeah, really looking forward to it. Um, it's good to get him on board because there's been a lot of Burley pages popping up recently in podcasts and it just all it just becomes a bit saturated. So to get one on board and, and to use his knowledge it, it is fantastic for us. And yeah, we're really looking forward to the future. And there's going to be a lot more shows going from Turfcast and a lot more podcasts as well. All right, nice one, Joe. Make sure you hit subscribe to Turfcast if you are a Burnley supporter, wherever you are in the world. If you do follow the Clarets, go and check out the podcast if you haven't already. Nice one. Thanks for your time, Joe. That is it from us today on Football Social Daily. Don't forget, we'll be back later on this week. Three shows a week whilst it is pre-season, but when the campaign kicks off again, we'll be back to our full rolling schedule of five days a week of Premier League podcasts for you. So don't forget to hit subscribe on FSD as well. But from Joe and I, that is it for today. And we'll catch you next time. Football Social Daily is a voice work sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.